Appreciate you doing this. Appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, I guess for this, it's just have open, honest conversations like I was telling brands on everything related to what you guys are kind of great at and excellent at. Um, but I wonder, you know, the world is it's a strange times. It's strange times to say the least right now. And I think you guys are pretty like-minded and are pretty unique in the way in that I know you guys are... F- finding ways to maintain a peaceful focused state of mind in all this i wonder how do you guys stay focused when the stuff around you is more chaotic and like how do you yeah what what do you guys do (laughs) just focus on what you can do bro (laughs) there's not much you can do otherwise other than what you can control if you can't control external events you can't control what happens to you you can only control what how you respond and that's been the biggest i think this has been probably from my memory the biggest example of that in our generation because it wasn't just like an individual had something happen to them or a traumatic event or whatever it was Mm. it was literally like a global pandemic and you have to actually realize that your response is what you're in control of so that that's been my biggest focus is like yeah there's been some weird stuff going on but I've just focused on me and how I can help those around me. So, I don't know. What do you got to say about that, Brando? Yeah, that's definitely it. Like, you can only control what you can control. I'm not saying, um, you know, everything's perfect. Like, the first few weeks were, were good and then after that, you know, it's not, you no know one's going to be perfect and not break down ever. Like, I'm, last week was, was pretty full on for me, but then you just do what you can, like get back on track. If something does go wrong, like just see it as that's what happened and then get back on track. Like you can only control what you can control. You, so there's no point dwelling over it. You said last week was pretty full on for you. You don't have to get into details if you don't want, but like I think everyone's experienced like moments of that, like emotional overwhelm or challenge. How do you, how did you Brandon get back, get yourself back into the flow of things? Like pull yourself out of that, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like the first seven weeks of COVID was just, we went like, some people took it as like a holiday and we went like the other way. I just went balls to wall and tried to get everything out. And then it wasn't until like I stopped and reflected that I was like, fuck, like I'm mentally exhausted and drained. And I was like, shit. And like, um, you know, obviously having people like George, like people that you can rely on and talk to about things. I, I set up, um, I have a guy that I speak to, like a mentor sort of slash counselor that I can just talk about things with. So, that obviously really helps when you've got people that are on the same level. You don't keep it all in. So someone, like like a therapist, like a psychologist. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a therapist. I think he's a therapist qualified, but um, someone that's been through the same sort of, you know, battles. I think whether or not they're qualified or not. I mean, obviously, the more qualified, the better it is. But I think just knows how to open a have an open discussion. Hey, yeah. Yeah, someone on that same wavelength that just sort of allows you to reflect with some like some questions is personally massive. That's, I think that's a big thing. It's like we get, I've been thinking about this recently, we get coaches to train our body. Like we're coaches, we train people physically. Obviously that impacts them mentally and their well-being hugely, but it, it's sold as physical first. And then I think, well, psychologists, therapists, uh, psychiatrists, all these people, cognitive behavioral therapists, um... We, we stigmatize them, stereotype them. Like, ah, there's got to be something wrong with you to do that, right? Especially as men, mm. right? But hold on. Shouldn't, 
We get a coach for our body. Shouldn't we just get a coach for our mind? Isn't aren't they just brain trainers? Hundred percent. Like, how do you guys yeah, break down the stigmas to men I, like that? Well, I think that's that's such a big thing that's missed in the industry, and that's where you know I really look to have a change with what I do is is the physical doesn't come first. Yes, the physical is an easy avenue to change the mental state and to make you more aware of your mental state and what you're thinking and how you respond. But if you just bring people, you first just crack the ice. You're like, hey, like, like for instance, when I coach kids, I say, what's the most important muscle in your body? And I'll always start with, oh, like legs or heart or they, you know, they say some stuff, but you say, well, the, it's actually the brain. The brain is a muscle that can be trained. And then they start going, oh, what do you mean? And you go, well, without this thing, nothing else works. Hmm. Like literally, there is, there is no exist, human existence without the brain until Elon Musk works out something. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's so true, but, man. <laughs> but, but, but currently, currently with what we've got is it's so important to be aware of the power of the mind and the power of our brain and our nervous system to actually transition through life. So... If you're not, a, if people aren't aware of that, they just want to train their body. They want you know, fit, fast, whatever, power. It's first of all you have to be aware of the mind. So once you take that responsibility on, then you start thinking, okay, so how would how does my mind function? How does it connect my brain to my body? And how do how does it either hold me back or push me forward? And then that's just that should just be the first conversation. We are we are therapists. You know, we are modern age doctors. We we do work with people not only to change their bodies, but to change their minds. Yes, we're not qualified doctors, we're not qualified therapists, but if you're a PT and you're not realizing the power of psychology or even just thoughts and you know mental mental health, then you're pushing shit uphill. Yeah. So, so important. What do you think, Brad? 100%. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think most PTs that have been in the game for a while will recognize that their first few years if you uh, you only know what you know, so obviously you're all about training, and then as time goes on, you do start to realise it's more of a, a social component and a, like a psychosocial component, um, you know, and how you can get someone to do what you need them to do is like you said, starts with the mind. So, and I think people, especially like men, like you said, we we think we can do everything, we think we're bulletproof, but at the end of the day, like you do need a coach for these things, and and it's not. Like even probably myself, like I was thinking, you just want to be as strong as possible, and, and it is a sign of weakness for a lot of people to sort of admit that you do need someone else to to help you. But like you said, like it's just another muscle of the body that you need to you need to train. So cracking that ice, having those open discussions with people like on the same wavelength is is where it should all start. And I think you know Exalta facilitates that. We try and facilitate that at our gym. That um, you can have these open-minded thought process how do, you, how do you do it though with uh, pots i know it's especially something that you're you work with a lot of young kids and i think how we address older men is by getting to the younger generation so they're then set up better they've built the foundation i think that's what you're doing which is a fucking amazing but you either you got to communicate one to the kids and then two to the parents how do you and i think we don't give kids enough credit we treat them sometimes a bit stupider like idiots more than they actually are like we don't we speak down to them instead of you know up right trying to level them up and i wonder when you're working with all these kids who come from all different backgrounds how do you communicate as effectively as possible the importance of 
psychology, change behavior, their habits, all these things that they may not really care about because they got other shit that excites them and entertains them more. Yeah, well, to be honest, the, the problem is never the child. The problem always is deep-rooted within the parent. Mm. And you can see the children who have troubles. You can see the children who have issues are the parents who are resistant and have that fixed mindset. And that's what it comes down to. If a parent really is aware of their own mental health, their patterns, their behaviors, their language, and how they're painting the picture for their children growing up, you can see the ones who are more calm. You can see the ones who are, are more loving, who are more able to push, who have more resilience to failure. It's the kids whose parents are really rigid and fixed with their mindset that have the, the struggles because they're just like, they just have this example that they're following of people who look at the world negatively or look at challenges, you know, a bad thing. You know, it's so, so obvious. And it's, it's a really interesting conversation to have with parents when they are in that fixed mindset because I get it commonly. They give me a kid and they say, fix them. They just hand me a kid and go, he needs fixing. <laughs> what do you say to that? And I'm like, yeah, commonly. Like, like a lot, lot of inquiries are, we need, our, our child needs help. They need fixing. You know, this is going wrong. Their behavior, issues, disease, whatever, learning difficulties. And I'm there and I'm looking at the parent. They're overweight. They've got no energy they're unmotivated they're blaming their children for all these problems and i guarantee first of all they're malnourished second of all they don't do enough exercise and third of all they actually have no goals within their personal health and wellness and it's just like well you've literally just manifested those problems straight onto your you know child that you've brought into the world so yes the the conversation with kids isn't for me it's not about talking down to them it's talking as simple as i can so we really simplify everything that we can so it can go in one ear and then if it doesn't and you can see it doesn't, then you, you simplify it in a different way. You try and make it a really digestible uh, message. But for the parent, it's really about asking them. I mean, Keegan is very well known for this question, but it's like if you were, if, if you were to trade shoes, if your child was to trade shoes with you right now, would you be happy for them? Yeah, I saw another quote by him that he put up like a photo if your child grew up to be just like you, you know, what would you think? Would you be proud of them? Yeah, that's that's the question he commonly uses with coaches that come in who are, you know, dads or, you know, maybe maybe later on in their years. And he says, you know, would you be proud to pass over your life to your children? You know, would would you would you honestly say, yep, no, nah, I've got this nailed. I'm working on it. I have a growth mindset. I know I can overcome challenge. Or would you be thinking, fuck, no way do I want my kids to live like me? And if it's the latter, then really understanding that that means you've got work to do. It doesn't mean that you're free from work if you've got it nailed and you've got a growth mindset. Like, trust me, we've all got our challenges and we will continue to have challenges. But if you are if you have that mindset of, oh, I'm working through it, I'd be much more comfortable saying, yeah, I'd happy, happily have someone else step into my shoes. But with these parents, they get asked that and you, you can see you can see the response on their face. They kind they actually, they take it as a bit of a, a threat at the start. They're like, come on, like, come on, mm. I wouldn't do that. And so, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. If you're not happy with your body, if you're not happy with your mind, if you're not happy with your behavior, your patterns, your responses, make a change. And so it is, it is difficult to have those conversations with parents, especially with the ones that are stuck. You know, I'm, I'm currently working with a kid who's, you know, starting to experiment with drugs, smoking bongs, doing, you know, starting to get pissed and whatever in his young teens. 
and mum and dad just like he's a devil he's not a good kid he, he's never been a good kid you know we, we, it's not nice he, he plays up at school when he's with me he's an absolute vibe he's asking about how to be healthy he's doing like we're doing dips handstands he loves it he absolutely absorbs it and he's full of asks. He just asks questions about what can I do better? How can I surf better? How can I do this? We got him into Wim Hof and he's just, he does the breathing every day. But, you know, there's other side of story. Mum mom told him to stop doing breathing in his room because it sounds like he's smoking bongs. So it's like, where does the problem, where does the problem come from with these kids? Most, majority of the time, it will come from the parent. But what do you do in that case? Like, I think there's a lot of, because like we train trainers, right? That's Orphic. And what do you tell to those early trainers and you too, Brandon, like in those situations where you have the parents who are maybe a bit more stuck, there's more friction there. How do you have that conversation and know when to let it go and just be like, you know what? I can't change them. Yeah, I think it comes, it's just, you need to do it over time. Like, yeah, I think when it feels forced, like you said, George, it comes across as a threat. Um, and people with a fixed mindset don't deal well with threats, as we already know. So it's like you can't keep throwing fucking throwing shit on the fire. There, you've really got to let them come to it and try and condition them in a way. Like over time, we put up a daily mindset with a bit of an explanation of how it feels to us. You know, hopefully that starts to stick eventually. But otherwise, I think that constant repetition of of throwing out that growth mindset. Um, and showing them that there is more and probably asking some deep questions whether directly or indirectly for them to see I think that uh, that question there that if your child grew up to be just like you would you be happy yeah. um, but the thing is you're trying to trying to undo years of conditioning so it's not going to happen overnight you've got to you've got to acknowledge that you can't just do it overnight what's your experience yeah it's it's, it's challenging because I, I, like you can't, like we said at the start, you can't control what you can't control. Yeah. So for me, for example, with this young fella who's coming to me, I'm not going to try and control his parents. I'm just not going to, it's it's not worth me wasting energy on on him, on me trying to change them for him. So my, my conversation is then directed to him. Okay, how do you respond to your parents when you know that they're just lashing out or they're being hard on your, you know, the teacher's being hard in school? And I just tell him, it's not about them. It's not about whoever's given you grief. It's about you. So instead of directing energy towards them and in hope that they will change, instead I'm going to empower him that no matter what happens, he has the responsibility. Yeah. And that's that's where you, you can lead true change is when he takes responsibility and he probably takes responsibility and starts reacting to their, their challenges that they give him. They might go, holy shit, he's actually... He actually isn't, you know, he's taking responsibility for himself. He's growing. He's you know, he's looking for a job. He's going out and doing this. He's not getting in trouble at school as much anymore. And then that opens up the opportunity for awareness and they go, wow, he's actually changing. And whether they change after that or not, it's a win because the, the, the child was empowered or the, the athlete was empowered, whoever it is, has the empowerment, the self-empowerment to go, look, it, the outside event doesn't matter. Mm. It's more myself. And I'll tell you right now, for everyone listening, the hardest challenges in your life will be with your family because they are the ones you deeply unconditionally love and as much as you want them to change some things for the for themselves to be better it might not happen and it is so hard to come to 
come to terms with. But that's just a good example of like you can't control them. You can only lead by example. We've had chats about that before, haven't we? Where, you know, especially in the rural movement camps where I think majority of people on there, the big cause of them trying to become PTs or trying to become so healthy is because of something that they've seen in their family that they sort of wanted to do the opposite of or um, or try and lead down a different path. And it's like, you, you're better off just spending your time influencing the people that want to be influenced as opposed to wasting your energy on trying to influence the people that are in that growth, oh, that fixed mindset. It's not 100%. So, so working with the people who, working with the already converted or working with the people who are at least open to be converted and changed. Well, yeah, yeah. the ones who are committed and yeah. usually the ones who are committed uh, will be the people working with you. Yeah? And you know, for instance, my, my example, like the parents are paying for the membership, but the child's bought in. And then I also get the other side of the straw where the, the parents bought in and the child just doesn't want to borrow it. <laughs> See, like, there's no point in having your kid in this program because they just don't want to borrow it. What do you do then? Maybe. Do, do you, like, how long do you persist? And you too, Bren, with a kid who doesn't want to be there, when do you know, all right, it, it's t- I think it's this isn't the bright program for him? Well, I guess, Brent, do you do much work with kids, Brando? Or are you looking at doing nah. something? Nah, it's pretty we old. Eventually. Yeah. But the yeah. principle applies to anybody. Right, because yeah. So it's more it's more about how do you how how long do you how long do you go against the grain with someone who doesn't want to follow? Like exactly. Uh, 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 I'm getting less and less tolerant Same. to that kind of behavior <laughs> that I'm doesn't really believe in you. There's probably three or four or five more. He's breaking up. That's what yeah. happens when you drive through regional Victoria? So I guess maybe, maybe some. Are we good? Maybe Grando, you take over for a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it? Like the the conversation around how long do you spend on someone? Like on one side of the coin, you don't want to ever give up on someone, but at some same time, you've eventually got to cut your ties because you've only got so much energy, you've only got so much time. You know, is it worth influencing the people that need that are already converted and want to be influenced, or is it worth trying to convert more people and push it uphill? Like, I don't think it's a, there's no right answer, but you can see when people spend all their time trying to convince people, you get frustrated, you get burnt out, and it's not really going to end up solving anyone's issue. But at the same time, if you don't work with those people, how are you ever going to make a change? So. Oh, tough questions. So, what do you, what's your guideline, Brandon? Like, how do, or what do you guys tell to the trainers and the coaches coming in the industry? How do they determine their lines in the sand, their boundaries? Quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, do it fast. Yeah. Um, but how did you guys figure you do it out? It, the more respect you get, like it's hard when you first start training because you go. I've got no clients, I've got no money, I've spent all this money on this course, I've left my job, and now I've got to start you know, providing for myself and maybe a family if you've got one. And then, so you just take on everyone. You just go, fuck yeah, Susie, jump on in, Steve-O, in. And then you, you're surrounded by people with all different contexts and environmental yeah, contexts, and you, you spend a lot of time trying to convince people that don't want to be convinced rather than just sort of working with people who you want to work with, which will then amplify to become um, 
more people. They'll refer. There's no, yeah, I think it has a negative effect trying to work with everyone, even though you need to work with people. So I think slowing down and taking the longer route is sometimes the fastest way. If I could, I'll, I'll jump in and see how, is the reception all good? Yeah, we could. Yeah. Yeah, so I would jump in. I mean, looking back on my, I spent probably five years of the first, first five years of being in the industry was just pushing shit uphill. And now looking back on it, my advice would be just get really clear on like one or two things that you know you can get results in. So for example, for me, like I, I, I hadn't got a handstand yet, but if I was working on, for instance, now if I was to restart, I'd go, I'm going to teach you a handstand. I know that I can, can get anyone that comes to me to work towards a handstand. That way I'm confident in the results that I'm giving. And if people aren't bought in, I'm just like, sweet. You obviously don't want it enough. And then, you know, look up for other people. But when I started, I was trying to do everything. I was doing fat loss, I was doing strength, I was doing this, right? And I actually didn't have like a niche. I didn't really know what I could really help people with. So I was just caused, the whole time was just causing me trouble. And I was always trying to get these people motivated. But if I know that I can get them a handstand, I believe in myself and my methods. So I think the biggest advice would be get really clear on what you're good at. And if you're not good at anything, start getting good at something. Like pick, pick one or two things and get savagely good at them so you know you can hand off those skills. So for cert, cert three and fours that are coming out, think about something you want to do. It might be, might be chin-ups. You might be the chin-up king in your, in your town. I'm going to get who, anyone who wants to do a chin-up, come to me. I'm going to get you a good at chin-up. Yep. Just have that leading, the driving spear that you know you can – work with and that gives you confidence in your results how much time because this topic has come up a couple of times like specialty versus generalist how much time do you guys think that these earlier personal trainers and coaches should dedicate to learning the foundations and then specializing in a particular topic or topics Brand, i'll let you take that <laughs> I don't think there's a. Do you mean like how? What's the minimum amount of time before you start doing it, or? Yeah, before you. How do you? How do you? How would you guys recommend people partition their time out to working on the foundations to be a great generalist versus, or not even versus, but in addition, specialising in something in particular, like you guys have done. I think it needs to come naturally. Like I, what George said, then resonates with me. I've always had this quote. Uh, for when people ask me for advice on getting started and it's like find something you love and just get fucking good at it like just become really fucking good at like one or two things and then you'll be known for that obviously then it's easy to become a generalist like um, for example our thing was getting good at just moving really well like everything stems for us from moving really well and then the knowledge will come from there like people recognize that that's a trait of theirs or like handstands for George. Like it's what it, I think it should, you shouldn't force yourself. Like if you're not a power lifter, don't just go and become a power lifter and start teaching that. Cause it's going to take you a lot longer. Like find something you really love and then get good at that. I think it's probably the easiest way. George. So it is, yeah. I lot, think it's also, it's I think it's also like you can't be a specialist without being a generalist. Yeah. Perfect. So glad you said there, that. There's, there's no way you can get to a specialist, you know, niche yep. without doing the general work. So yes, you've got to learn the foundations. First of all, you can't get strong in any movement without the foundations. So yes, the foundations are important, but get really clear on what really sparks you up. Cause not, 
no, like you're lying if you say that everything in the fitness industry, fitness industry sparks you up. There is something that lights you up more than other things and focus on that being your like your go-to and, and your enjoyment of training and that's what you're going to be most inspired to pass on to other people. Just because I teach people handstands doesn't mean I don't teach them the foundations or I don't teach them the basics. The basics are always the basics. They're the, they're the layer of the house but then you know how you design that house is on top of that. Yeah, well said. I mean, it makes me think there's thousands of new trainers and coaches who come through the industry. You guys employ some of them. You guys meet and talk to a lot of them, see them on social media. What do you guys think is kind of the biggest weaknesses and flaws that these newer personal trainers and coaches have that you would tell them to address? They, yeah, they don't specialize in anything. They just become another hit trainer. They just become another park boot camper, which is nothing wrong with that, but it's going to be a long slog unless they're an influencer or something like that. Well, unless they're really good at marketing. Um, I think the branding will come from when you start to specialize in something after you've become a generalist. Like you said, you've got to have the fundamentals and then you can specialize. Until you specialize, it's going to be a long slog. Okay. George, what do you think the biggest weaknesses, flaws, these new trainers that you see have? Well, I'm, not even gonna, I'm not even going to speak of new trainers. I'm going to speak from experience. Yeah. My biggest weakness for the first five years was I just wasn't good at anything. I was, I, was, uh, I was healthy. I was fit. But I had no – my skill development was shit house. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty well in a position now where I can teach someone to fireball juggle, handstand, you know, get mobile, um, get strong on the bar. But – I actually, I was someone who enjoyed training and thought that I'd share that with other people. And because I'd lost weight when I was a teenager, I thought I could really nail people at helping them lose weight. Honestly, do the work. Like choose something and just do the work. We say in real movement, be a product of your product. So mm. if, if you are trying to coach people, you should really enhance the way that you move yourself. There is no point on – you can't give what you don't have. So you have to be you have to be dialed in on what you're good at and then everything will come naturally after that. You know, so there's a bloke over in Canada, Riley Kindle. He's got like 15 handstand push-ups, like crazy, crazy mobility, crazy strong, working to a one-arm chin-up as well. But I look at him and he's, he's just like, I know I can get people crazy good at handstands and that's a really good way to enter the industry. And he's young as well. He's at 19. So – for all of those cert three and fours out there, what are you good at? And if you're not good at something, don't take it as a negative. Take it as an inspiration that you have to do the work. And you can get good at something in a year, 18 months. Just hammer in on it, focus on it 10 minutes a day, work on it daily, get those skills up. And then those skills will easily be, you know, delivered to other people. It just comes naturally. And that's where your specialist comes in. You don't even have to be a specialist. You just have to be good at something. Right. And then you just experience happens. Yeah, see, I was trying to do too much. I was trying to do hypertrophy programs and strength programs. I was trying to do weight loss programs. I was trying to give people meal plans. But literally, I was just, I was the perfect example of what a Cert 3 4 looks like when they go into the industry with no idea. I just had no idea. And I was like, oh, I'm a personal trainer. You're going to pay me money. Sweet. And I struggled. I literally struggled for five years. 
But now, knowing what I do now, I would have just gone, oh, man, if I could have got a handstand, if I could have worked every day of a handstand or a juggle or got my chin up super strong, then there's my specialist. There's my way of going, hey, do you want this result? And there's your marketing. Do you want, do you want a strong chin up? It's not do you want to be fit. Do you want to get strong as on a chin up? Do you want to build a one-arm chin up? Do you want a handstand? Whatever you can, then you can market with that and you're going to draw your, you're going to create your own tribe instead of going, hey, I'm a PT. Do you want to be fit? There's a saturated amount of people that are doing that. Mm. It's a very hard market to break into. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. You don't need to specialize, like we we're saying. You're just, like, you need to find that blue ocean. If you've read the book, Blue, blue Ocean Strategy, it's finding something that people will want to become part of your tribe with. So, um, and I think it's actually should see it as a positive. If you're not good at anything yet and you're a PT trying to get started, see that as a positive that you've now got this journey that you can take and then you're going to be well, like way more equipped at teaching someone else the same journey than someone who can just step in and do it and have to backtrack. So it's not a negative thing if you're not good at something. And by no means should you wait until you are good before you start. You can teach people what you know and then make sure you do the work. Like get good at something, obviously, so that you do have that blue ocean um, to market from. And like you said, you know, be a product of your product and you can only give what you've got. I think that's definitely one of the answers we live by is um, you've got to have it before you can give it away. That's what I see from you guys. Like that's, that's another thing I wanted to comment on. Like you guys represent something excellent. You guys, for those who don't know or haven't seen both of your social medias or know you personally, you guys are strong. You guys are mobile as shit. And I don't mean just like touch your toes mobile. I mean like splits mobile. I mean stable mobile. You guys are lean. Body comp is on point. You guys have energy for fucking days. Like you are ticking all these boxes of what a total human optimization human being can be and aspires to be, right? And that's fucking inspirational to me. And so that's... I'm trying to tick those boxes as I go along. Um, how important do you guys think that is for our industry? Because, look, we don't accept overweight doctors when they... Hey, what are you telling me? These blood markers are this or that. you telling me I should take this drug or that drug or this sub... Hold on, stop. Why do we accept the really skinny, scrawny trainer and coach? Why do we accept the trainer and coach who isn't strong? You raise the standards. Yeah, 100%. I think it comes down to transparency. If, look, I'm not going to say that like overweight people can't be coaches and skinny people can't be coaches, but if they're super honest, like say, let's say, let's take an overweight person. Hey guys, I've just started my journey. I'm really inspired by this. I've lost 50 kilos to date. I still got another 30 to lose, but I'm absolutely nailing it and I want to show you how to do it. Sure. Bang. That's, that's, that, that's yeah I understand that that's if you have that's, transparency that's, that, vulnerability that's them yeah that's them continuing to be a product of their product so they're literally leading with the problem that they're fixing to help others for the coaches who just tell people what to do and don't do it like for a long time that was me with drugs alcohol you know I, I'd get I'd be coaching people five days a week at F45 and then Saturday Sunday I'd be off my head on drugs partying drunk as fuck like just that was horrible self-sabotaged lifestyle and it wasn't wasn't just like oh yeah i'll go out for a little bit of fun i was like literally like mental health disorders 
going hardcore on drugs and alcohol because I was trying to escape. But that's not that's not for me. That's not a great reflection on what I was as a coach. Now, what I tell people is exactly what I experience and what I value, and that's the way I lead my life. So, so third, three, and four, I wouldn't play around with. You know, I cause myself a lot of internal turmoil. You know, in a in a angst, feeling like I wasn't actually living my truth, like I wasn't actually a good coach. And it's just because I wasn't like that's that's flat out the truth. I, I just wasn't a good coach. I was good at relationships. I could, you know, I could. I was good with people, but I wasn't doing what I was telling people to do properly. I'm gonna drop out again, my man. Yeah, you good? Yeah. So I would just say, make sure you fully embody what you want to be. If you want to be in this industry, embody the message that you want. Like literally, be a product of it. And you'll find it much easier and you'll have much more success than trying to go against you know, something that you, you, you tell your clients to do. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you said 100%. that. Brent, do you have experience with that? Yeah, definitely. I think um, the transparency definitely and the authenticity, I think, definitely sort of sums that up. Like, you can see the people that get into the industry because they thought, they enjoy training, therefore they just want to become a trainer. Like that's the job they wanted to take. And you can see the difference between someone who fully embodies everything they do to a T and whether or not they're living the lifestyle, they're becoming a product of their product. Like there's, there's two very polarizing worlds in the in the PT industry. Um, so like you said, if, if you are skinny, but you put on five kilos from when you're even skinnier and you want to help people put on that, like definitely like if you're on the journey, keep feeling up from the treetops but if you if you're not on the journey i think there's nothing worse than telling someone else to do something that you're definitely not willing to jump on board with so uh there needs to be some congruency with what you're doing and what you're telling people to do absolutely otherwise yeah. there's going to be internal turmoil like you said yeah otherwise you live a contradiction and, and you live yeah there is a misalignment between the values you inhibit and the values you uh, project and that to me, that is absolutely unacceptable, and I will suffocate all of that bullshit and, until I'm until I'm done. Um, yeah, and sure. I think you guys do that through just being the product, which is what I respect so much. And I wonder when I look at guys like you, I look at guys like Keegan. Um, uh, you know, you see something aspirational, but I wonder, like, more practically, how did you guys get to the point where? You, you've ticked all these boxes of being very strong, stable, mobile. Um, how have you guys been able to develop, you know, not only strength, but mobility, flexibility in the presence of a strong, stable body? How did you develop all those qualities? Take this away, body by Brando. <laughs> uh, I, to be honest, I think they go hand in hand. Um, I have always just enjoyed having the freedom of movement, whether that's the freedom to pick up something heavy, the freedom to run fast, the freedom to, the freedom to run far, or the freedom to do whatever task was demanded at that specific time. And that's sort of the philosophy of training that I follow is like, you need to make sure that you're not just, you know, staying on one side of that, um, of that continuum you need to make sure that you're touching base with everything so um, that's the way we've always trained I don't there's not much else to it for me move well through a large range of motion I think they're all going to come 
uh, from each other. Did you develop them in congruency, like uh, or, or like like a conjugate style where you're doing, where you're training, you've always trained multiple qualities at once, like you've worked on your strength, your hypertrophy, your ability, your conditioning. Has that always been in conjunction, or for you, is it has it been phases? Like this six months, I'm going to dedicate to doing more of this while maintaining this and this. How do you practically delegate those uh, skills? On a whole, um, everything in unison, everything's always done together. So we'll always move through the, you know, the largest range of motion possible. Therefore, you're going to get that that mobility and that range of strength. Uh, in terms of phases, we obviously do some, some different phases where we'll go through a hypertrophy block or a conditioning block and things like that. But on the whole, uh, everything gets done at once. And so we're, we're constantly training sort of different uh, modalities and demand. I think that comes from the you know, the CrossFit style that I like, but um, you can definitely do it either way, I suppose, but I find that it's just easy to do it all together. Okay, so in conjunction, even for the people who blank slate just coming into the industry or they're just, they're, they're, they're skinny, they're weak and immobile, non-conditioned, you know, working every day at multiple qualities. I think if, if you were coming in deconditioned and starting off fresh, um, I mean, I started off when I was like 16, just going to regular commercial gym, doing bodybuilding. Um, so that obviously is going to help with that, you know, the, uh, the structural integrity of having some muscle mass, which isn't a bad thing. If I was going to start again tomorrow from a skinny frame, I would probably work through like a range of strength program where you're working on hypertrophy through a large range of motion. And that would be pretty, pretty much all I'd do. You can still do... You know, rather than doing a typical chest press on a machine at a, at a gym and stopping like at your chest, you just do the same thing with dumbbells and you'd go into that large range of motion. Like hypertrophy is actually going to be enhanced if you take that muscle fiber through a large range of motion. Yeah. Um, so there's no need to see it as like strength versus mobility. Great point. You can bring the two together and you've got a pretty happy birthday. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great point about using the dumbbells as an accessory or, or you know, instead of doing a uh, shortened range of motion chin-up or pull-up, doing a full dead hang, um, ass to grass yeah. squats. The, the, you guys are all over the knees, over toes, full ankle dorsiflexion in, in unilateral split squat positions, which which we love. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would, just <laughs> yeah, you're you're on a you're on a heater there. I knew what you were going into. Go with it. Go with it. Um, I think I think a lot of the times too, people it's just easier to do less range of motion. Like it, it makes sense that you do like if you do a bicep curl and only go half halfway down, like you're actually doing a disservice to yourself because it's harder to go the full range of motion for a reason. Your body doesn't like it, therefore you should probably do it. It's like the mindset is directly correlated to the way that our you know physiology works. If it's hard, most people don't do it. Whereas the people that do do it see massive results and massive returns. Right. Yeah, I think I, I, I thought you were going to go down like the old school route there. Like it's kind of come from that, I guess, it stem from that kind of big bodybuilding boost uh, of era, like, you know, Arnie era, just getting a pump. And yeah, for sure, that was sure range of most of kind of pack on the muscle and, you know, sculpt their bodies and whatever. And maybe, maybe that that works better for that but if you go even further back and this is a big influence for, through Keegan is the people that he studies like the old time strongman like the guys who used to travel around with circuses and stuff 
they would be strong. Like they'd be doing overhead bodyweight overhead presses in the splits position. They'd be doing like crazy Jefferson curls. They'd be doing like these feats that combine strength and mobility. So I think we've got a little bit disjointed in the industry thinking that they're a different thing. Like this is what I love. This is from Lucas R and he's created the range of strength. He's basically brought to terms like the, the term range of strength. So it's not about mobility. It's about how far through your range of motion are you strong? So really getting, getting strong in those end ranges is going to actually allow your body to go there with more ease. So you're not just flexible like a young girl who can, you know, bend over backwards or whatever. Like it's, that's not just flexibility. How strong can you be through that range? And when you embody that strength through a larger range of motion, you get mobile. It's just, it's simple. And my, my biggest tip for people would be consistency over intensity. So when I was younger, I used to think I used to have to do things really full on, you know, really hard workouts or really like, take it, take it to the, uh, to the bone you know, in, in workouts and make it get sore or whatever. That's going to create serious muscular damage and serious, like it'll drain your nervous system. So you're better off doing consistency over intensity. And I've found the biggest results in my body are things that I do every day. And so it might be, say, say your posterior chain's really immobile. We'll just do 10 minutes of uh, mobile mobility on your posterior chain for you know, a month. You know, we're, we're currently doing uh, sprints. So we're doing basically we'll have like our main goal that we want for the month. So this, for me, this month, it's a uh, handstand push up. So every day I'm just doing 10 minutes of a, a way of you know, evolving that, of developing that. That includes lower body training, upper body training, you know, different stuff as well, skill and, and mobility. But I know that my sprint for June is the handstand push up. So I'm just focusing on that. Hmm. So it's using kind of going in phases maintaining every I'm gonna summarize maintaining consistency over intensity and but favoring certain qualities in certain phases when they're more of a priority that's kind of yep. the interpretation I'm getting yeah and you keep clear you keep broad with your your accessory training your other stuff so you're still you're still ticking boxes but there's a big tick like there's a bigger main, there's a main goal for me. And I find for myself, that's been much better for my mental drive, like my mindset of actually like focusing in on something. And really it, it's inspiring to know like, yeah, I'm going to achieve this this month. Like this is what I'm going to achieve. Mm. You know, and if you have those big wins, yes, the, the rest of the body comes up. If you're doing your lower body work, if you're doing uh, posterior chain, anterior chain, whatever it is, if you're doing it, the other boxes that comes along with it, but that consistency of having a daily structure, like we call them basically daily freedoms. What are you willing to, what are you disciplined to do every day, which will create freedom in your life? What about for the people who aren't disciplined, are struggling, low self-esteem, they're, they're just, to be frank, they're just weak, timid people who haven't summoned the courage and discipline and, to, to do what they need to do to improve themselves yet, right? Yet. Make, make your bed. <laughs> so start small. Start, start make your bed there. every day. And if then you don't that, have discipline, if you don't have discipline, make your bed every day for a month. And then? 
you can, there's certain things there. You can just add one on. So you just habit stack. Yeah. Continually add one thing on until you've nailed it. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes at the moment is, habits are built on frequency, not on time. So you can't just laugh. You can't just not do something for a year and you've built a habit. Like you've got to consistently and frequently do that habit for it to become a habit. So make your bed every day until it's a habit. Make, you know, if you want to try and push yourself, um, have a cold shower. Like it's those little wins of resilience that you can then start to really compound, um, you know, and the margin aggregation of marginal gains will start to accumulate and you'll start to become someone who is disciplined. Like that's how you accumulate those things is by doing the thing. One small thing at a time. Yeah. That's what we do with the kids. We set challenges for them each month. It'll be like, yeah, this month is making your bed. Who can make their bed every day for a month? I want to see if you can actually do it. You want to be successful. You want to be an athlete. You want to be, you want to achieve a handstand. You want to get a better, you want to do your first chin up, start with making your bed. If you can prove to me that you can make your bed, then I know you're going to be disciplined enough to do other things. But, Mm. you know, and it might be, you know, we do other challenges. Like, you know, the first thing you do when you wake up is have a glass of water. First thing you wake up when you do is you do three points of gratitude. First thing you do is have a cold shower. First thing, it's just, what can you do every single day to build a habit in? And that, and that's commonly a, a, a narrative that is told in people who aren't disciplined. They just don't have structure. They don't do their habits. Don't support their growth. So when you have, when you build habits that support growth, you you just the wins come naturally. You don't even have to work for the wins. You just work for your habits. And your habits will determine who you are your outcomes yeah your character your destiny so yeah I think I think that's my biggest advice for people who don't feel like they're skillful they don't feel like they're strong they don't feel like they have discipline they struggle with different things don't focus on anything but just choose one thing so don't focus on everything just choose one thing that you know you can do just do it until it's it's a part of you and then go okay sweet so I'm going to keep that now what am I going to add on and before you know it you'll have five or six positive habits that are now moving you towards growth. So true. What about for the people who struggle with that? Like, ah, they do it here, they do it there. Ah, I'm inconsistent. How do you guys intervene there? They're not enough motivation. They don't, they don't, it's the, the goal isn't inspiring enough. It's very simple. They're not inspired to achieve what they want to achieve. They have to get clear on what they want. How do you help develop them? How do you, how do they help? do that and how do you help them develop that what are some techniques tactics just take some just take some deeper questions like it's just like finding out what people actually want and and this is a good thing where the five whys can come in i use the five whys a lot so it's like okay so i want to i want to lose weight okay why well uh i don't know i just want to look better why oh um i don't know I just feel like I don't, I don't, not attractive. Okay, why? Well, I haven't had a girlfriend for a long time. Why? And then you get to a point where it's like, okay, so it's not about losing weight. It's because you want a partner. You want, you know, you want to be more confident as who, who you are. So then you've unlocked a new level of motivation where they're actually now going for, aiming for a result, which is going to improve their life. It's not just about superficial, I want to lose weight. Because I think it's, it's just the size of the fire behind the goal 
that will either determine the discipline and the result. Like if they don't, like if I asked you what was the goal is and you didn't want it, there's a good chance you're not going to do it. You might do it for three days and you go, oh, no, I couldn't be bothered. So yeah, I've found with our, our kids, it's just it's just getting really clear on their goals. Yeah. And if they're not if they're not achieving them, probably just they probably don't want it, or the, the goals are being structured a bit too wrong. There needs to be alignment. Yeah, we do something similar. The deeper you get, you know, you start to uncover those layers and they start to uncover them themselves by asking why. You know, you find out what they really want and then, then it's a no-brainer. Like, it's not, uh, there's no external motivation then they just know that, you know, if they can uncover what they really want, like you said for that example, if it's not about losing weight, it's about finding a partner, you've helped them uncover those layers. They know how to reverse engineer that pattern. So fuck, I better lose some weight because I know I'm not going to get a partner otherwise. Or you can help them uncover some different ways to create that inner confidence and um, and self worth that the mate the weight might not even matter. Mm. It might be more about that internal motivation, creating habits that they can then become the person they need to be in order to get the things they want to have. And it's not about the fat; it's about the way they perceive themselves. Yeah. So, and why and deeper than that say like it was like i want a partner well then it's like well why do you want a partner yeah are they filling a void yeah themselves exactly and then you go okay so what we actually need here is like breno mentioned self-worth and self-love yeah so how do we start working on self-love if we can get you to be more confident in yourself and appreciate who you are as a human being a partner will just more i'm sure that will just roll into your life but if you're searching for something like there's going to be running away from you. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. It's just about being really clear. Ask, you know, and I guess it's hard for young or inexperienced people to ask those deeper questions because they probably haven't done it themselves. I really think that the more experienced you are with your own self, your own experience, more confident in who you are as a person, the easier it becomes to help other people. So, if you're uncomfortable asking those kind of questions, I would I would dare to say it's because you haven't asked yourself those questions. And that's a problem. Ooh, yeah. And and that is a problem. And and I think it's like I've I've met young people who could ask those they're super young, super confident, you know, they're okay with who they are. Like I'm talking like 15, 16 year olds. Like I've I've got a couple of athletes who are just super centered. And they have that attitude of like, well, why aren't you who you want to be? And it's amazing to see, but you know, then there's 40, 50 year olds who would be super threatened by that question or a 20 year old who's just got their cert three and four. who's like, Oh, I don't want to ask the deep questions. I just want to make them sweat. Well, hold on. Why don't you just do the deeper work yourself and become a great human being? You really expand your consciousness, your experience, and then you can help others. Yeah, for sure. Well said. That's massive. Yeah, for sure. I think when you're experiencing your own self, it is easy to ask other people. And otherwise, you are just going to keep, you know, floating through on this surface fitness where you're just helping people sweat when we know that's not the cause of most people's problems and it's not going to solve them either. So until you are comfortable asking those deep questions, you know, using that, you know, the grow model, if you've seen that, it's pretty... It, it gives you like 50 questions to help you dive deeper. So if you haven't experienced that, I suggest checking that out. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just trying to allow yourself to go deeper and 
and get clear on what what they want or what you want. How do you guys? For me, I do a lot of like what what get measures what gets measured gets managed for me. So I, I do a lot of things to hold people accountable. Like I'll, I'll use spreadsheets and docs and just people will find their own ways i'll encourage them to record your habits and what you're doing so you can hold yourself accountable with your clients and even the juniors with you potty you know how do you do that with them do you do it at all do you just do they keep it in their head do they do a checklist in their phone on a paper do you have a system that you use yeah we use we journal so we encourage all our kids to get journals like it's one of the first things they do their fundamentals they like first first bit of homework take mum to your uh, news agency you're going to buy yourself a journal something you know go find a book in there that you want to write in you know the front cover will call you and when you call it when you get called to it buy that book and start journaling so we start basically we want to create a positive growth mindset just to build these kids out of awareness so we're going to go you know three points of gratitude so they always start with what they're grateful for so no matter what they can go hold on what do i have in my life And these might, you know, these kids might come from broken families. They might come from traumatic experiences. They might come from, you know, health challenges, whatever. Getting them to be grateful is such a great step for the mind, for any human being. So three points of gratitude. Then we get them to work on affirmation. So being aware of this positive self-talk. So I am, and then selecting a positive, uh, positive language to fo- follow I am. So they'll do three I am's. Might be I am strong, I am happy, and I am growing. Right. Then we go into self-love. So self-love is three points that you appreciate about yourself that money can't buy, that you are blessed with. So it might be eyes, smile, head, uh, skills, people, you know, people skills. I'm friendly. Uh, I'm super driven. I'm fast. You know, just focusing on what you're good at to build that confidence. And then we just, you know, as they get better at journaling, to start with journaling this in the morning. Now, I'll add on, you know, our growth mindset questions, which are, what did I learn today, or how did I grow? What was great about today, and then who or what did I contribute to? Every day. Yeah, every day. Even with the, what about the adults that you've worked with in the yep. past? Yeah. So the adults have even even more intense journal. So theirs is like. Um, going into what are the challenges going to what what challenges may I face today? So this is this is based around stoicism. So if if anyone listening isn't following uh, the stoic juggler, he's my coach uh, Connor Desmond, and he's he's very 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 strict with stoicism and and lives by stoicism. He's he's even got stoic tattooed on his bicep. He, he like he's got it in his blood now, and he's created the stoic gratitude journal. And in that journal, it basically goes through your morning routine and your evening routines to set you up for success and then reflection. And so that's what we give to our adults. It helps them build out, you know, really a process of managing and, and reflecting on your days. And when you're starting to, like you said, when you're starting to measure and, and manage things, you will be aware of what's not working and what is working. So that's what we do with the adults. There's like the Stoic Gratitude Journal is a bit more in depth, but when then with the kids, we just ask them to start, you know, getting used to journaling. Do you find sure. do you find that an issue with? I don't know if you do that as well. Before I ask my next question, Brent, do you do that at all? Like, how do you kind of implement that type of methodology and 
and habits. I used to a lot to. more. And um, oh, on top of that, yeah, like I used to write a lot. And then I just realized the other day I saw one of my old journals and I was like, fuck, I need to get back onto that. So I've been searching for one a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one, but I might have to have a look at um, Connor. So Connor, Connor's just about to launch the Real Movement Journal. And it's got training goals, daily freedoms, everything in there. Since he's been working on it for Keegan, and this right. journal is epic. It is phenomenal. I can't wait right. to start it. So it's like it's kind of more aimed at like the coaches. The Stoic Gratitude Journal is more like kind of just the mind, but for someone who's all about performance and building skills, this has this involved, and it you know, really gets you clear on what you need to be doing daily to achieve what you want to achieve. And it's uh yeah he's put a lot of time and energy into it and it's just sick. That's awesome. So I would recommend for anyone listening following the Stoic Juggler. Uh, he's called the Stoic Juggler and he's all about stoicism and juggling for performance and mental health. And it's uh it's epic. Got you. Yeah. Legend. Um, there he is, Connor Desmond. Good man. Uh, what about for, do you ever guys ever get resistance with that stuff? Like, do you ever get resistance? Like, hold on, I'm not, I'm here to get stronger, this, that, that. Why are you giving me a journal? Or, or do you don't even get those people anymore because those people only come to you guys who are aligned with your values, so they almost expect that. Nah, definitely get resistance. What do you say to that? I just what? ask them what if they did. What if they did it? Yeah, what if you could? What if you did? Just leave they open come to you for a reason. Like, I mean, if they then they come to you because they have an issue at hand most of the time. Like, whether they want to admit it or not, and it's your job to find out why they're not admitting it to themselves when they've obviously come to you for a reason. So, like, if they want your help, then you know they don't have to come around to it straight away. But we're going to keep doing us, and if you want our help, you're going to have to jump on the bandwagon eventually because. You know, we're doing things for a positive reason. It's not a waste of time. And if you see it as a waste of time, then you're probably not in the right headspace right now. And how do you expect to get out of that headspace unless Unless you you do do the things that people are doing? Yeah. What if you could? What if you did? What do you hear back? You do do get a kickback for sure. People, you know, I just want to lose weight. Why can't you teach me how to eat? Why can't you tell me what to eat? Like, (laughs) you you can do that, but... You know, if you find out, if you get them to admit why they've failed in the past, history is going to keep repeating itself until it changes. So, what's your alternative? Absolutely, <laughs> nothing it, changes. Nothing ever changes. Yeah, doesn't change. Doesn't change. Um, so yeah, you just got to let them come around to that. You obviously just give them little bits of knowledge, but that, this is where it comes in handy having that experience yourself and going through that journey. Uh, it's pretty hard to tell someone to do something if you haven't experienced it. Sure. But once you, uh, if you believe in it, like you'll find ways to rebuttal. Like you'll think about it constantly. Like what if this person says this? You know, I, I do that personally. I think, how am I going to answer that question when it comes up? And you try and prepare yourself, obviously, based on past experiences. So you start to you find ways to be cheeky about it or like you know, to answer <laughs> the question. Like, oh yeah, my my Mitch Mitch. Mitch Pike got so deep into my my mind with open-ended questions. So not don't tell people what to do. Let them answer their own. Let them answer their own shit. So you just yeah. say like, you know, they're like, oh, I want to lose weight. And you're like, well, what if you did? 
you could have that, eh? <laughs> or what if you – and then they're like, oh, now they'll be like, oh, I wish I could handstand. I wish I could fireball juggle. And you're like, well, what if you could? Yeah. What would it look like if you could? What would you need to do yeah. to make that happen? Yeah, and that just leads them to start answering the question in their head. And usually it's, oh, I can't. And then you say, okay, why can't you? And they go, oh, well, I don't have hand-eye coordination. Oh, how how much do you practice hand-eye coordination every day? Well, I haven't practiced hand-eye coordination since I was a kid. Or, yeah, my my kid was born with no hand-eye coordination. Yeah, no shit. There's no baby that comes out of the as a fetus and starts juggling five balls. Like... It's just because you haven't practiced it. I think you so, guys yeah. might be the first ones to make make a kid like that. Yeah, I think practicing yeah. in the womb. I gotta get I gotta get Nico to a five ball juggle before that happens. <laughs> <laughs> she can four ball. She she can four ball. That's pretty good. That. Well, Again, that's good. Saying, that's awesome. Uh, is our baby gonna be able to five ball juggle? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. Nico, by the way, she's like. <laughs> so yeah, it's. I think that's a big thing. It's just like. Open-ended questions allow people to call themselves out. You don't you don't have to be the bad guy. And I've done like I did some deep work at the start of real movement with Mitch. Like seriously, like brought up some stuff in my own my own self. And it was just because Mitch asked some open-ended questions, and he just sat there like a gentle giant and was like, well, "What if you changed it?" And then that just rocked me because I had to, I had to sit there with that question. And realize that it's about me. It's not. No one else is going to give me an answer. No, no one's coming I've to save to, you. Yeah, I've got to do the work. So, you know, someone, you know, someone might go, oh, "I don't want to journal," and you're like, "Okay, what if you did?" Oh no, I don't have time for it. But what if you did have time for it? What if you made time? So yeah, it's just yeah. yeah. It's without without being like super aggressive or super pushy with it. Just allowing them to answer their own questions and not everyone's going to come around straight away yeah and i think some that's... people some people won't do it but you know what i think it will come down to the results that really show that and when they don't get the results or they're still you know they might let's say they get strong they come to your gym to get strong and then they get strong and you still notice the same behavior or you still notice the same aggression or same uh frustration in their behavior and you're like hey bro you're strong now like you're happy Oh no, work, work's just driving me up the world. Or the misses or kids, oh whatever. And you're like, you, you don't need more strength, brother. <laughs> you're strong yeah. as an ox. You need more calm. Hmm. Well said. I think I that's. That, how do you guys? Actually, let me. I should ask you. It's, it's already past eleven. Are you guys good to keep chatting, or you guys got to go? I'm gonna jump off in a sec, but all good, Brandon. Well, we'll finish with this, like. How, quickly, how do you guys? Everybody gets can get overwhelmed at the start. You know, new clients. You know, there's all as a coach, like, oh, there's all these things to do. If you do all these things, you could transform yourself. How do you guys partition it out so it's like doesn't overwhelm the person? You got journaling. You got all these questions. They got to figure out the why. They got to train multiple times a week. They got to juggling nutrition. This that skill. How do you guys not make it so overwhelming? To be honest, we're still trying to nail that. I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that um, that question. We're, like we're trying to get better at that and help people because you know we're so excited about everything. We try and push it all on them straight away. Um, I think it needs to really. That's probably an open-ended question you need to ask yourself. And I need to ask myself: Is how can I do that better? And it's just trial and error. I think you've got to go through that experience. How do you got to do it, Rod? Start little. 
That's what I would say. Start, Start small. Got it. Start you small. You can map it out. Write it out. Yeah. Yeah. Brando's got a really he's, – he's amazing at processes. It's, it's actually kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's got everything mapped out so well. Where can so, we see that, Brando? Uh, it's process porn. It's process porn, Nicola's saying. Process it's, porn. It's, yeah. it's triple X rated processes. <laughs> I like, uh, I'm a very global to, um, to finer detail type guy. So I like thinking macro and then really trying to get into the nuts and bolts of how you can make it work. Do you have anything like practical on your website that people can look at to kind of get inspiration on, on how they could structure their processes? Uh, no, but we are in the uh, process of setting up a, a business accelerator for those who are sort of. Hey, hello. Hey, uh, how you going? Who's saying hello? Uh, <laughs> uh, setting up, yeah, business, 10 week business accelerator for those who sort of have done a course in personal training and now want to sort of bridge that gap between either running their own business or, or just setting themselves up for the future. So I've got something they can look at for sure. All right. Well, I want to, last thing. The guys wanted me to ask you what what's the most as an education company Orphic is we are what's the most enlightening education experience that you guys have had um to ooh, finish ooh, off ooh. i know it's a big question let's get into Wim off baby okay <laughs> for sure breathe motherfucker <laughs> for me it was un- for me it was unlocking like the deep levels of my unconscious mind like going hard with breath work yeah I, that, that just that just blew me a blew me apart with what what we actually have the opportunity to experience from a pure existence and pure existence point of view of, of the human spirit and the unconscious mind breathing oh, oh like there is so much fantastic coaching education out there but i still think there's so many fantastic coaches out there the world's best who would who would be blown away with these experiences with breath work love it Brandon? Yeah, I've experienced all that. I mean, I've experienced all that through the real movement to start with when I first started uh, with Keg. So, I mean, you, you find a community like that, you're going to be exposed to some pretty cool things that you'd never thought you'd be exposed to and probably never learn in any other circumstance. So, you know, we talk about fasting, we talk about breath, we talk about mindset. Those things that you probably don't learn in the third three or four, you find... Hey. Ours, you should hey, see yeah. what the hell we're creating, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah, he's all over. Go. Like, he's all over. Stay tuned. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Boys, <laughs> yours. <laughs> yeah, true that. Where, where, yeah. can, where do you want to put last comments, last queries, questions for the or comments for the audience? Um, where people can find you? If you got any shit that people can buy from you that that you would you want to sell? Give us your two, your last thoughts. <laughs> I got a one-liner be a product of your product don't look for answers just get super clear on what you want to do and find a skill that you want to work on I honestly think skill acquisition is is the leader in coaching and if you can pass on skills that you've learned you know Yoda says pass on what you have learned that's that's basically my advice you know f- follow Yoda's strengths that's where I pass on all my stuff on, on Instagram, you can also follow Exalta Holistic Hub, uh, which is our business, our coaching facility, and 
yeah, just get really clear, start working on something. You know, if, if it's, I don't know, maybe maybe you just want to be strong in squatting. So just focus on getting super good in a squat and that's that's your that's your rock, that's your big rock and then everything else comes under that as well. But yeah. Yeah. That's my advice. Cool. Thank you, Yoda, man. Yeah. Nice one. Um, mine, you know, network as much as you can. Like you, you are, you become the the sum of the five that we hang around the most. But uh, on top of that, you know, your network is your net worth. So don't be afraid to sort of reach out to people who are doing what you want to be doing. Most often they're pretty happy to help. Um, they find people that are on the same journey and bounce off each other. Like we're not in competition. If you want to make it to the top, you'll find your way there by by spending time with other people. Collaborating, working with people like we're doing right here. For sure. Yeah. And I would, I would follow that up with having a savage work ethic. Find someone you yeah. want to learn off and go turn up, tell, show them that you want to be there and you want to learn from them. And don't expect anything in return. Clean the plates, clean the toilets, do everything you can to show that person that you want to learn from them. Because the person who will, no, they will want to, they won't, will want to help you. But if you're just saying, "Hey, can you teach me this?" Like, there's no, that's not a transaction. It's just all take, take, take. So, put some skin in the game. Do some yeah. move states. You did. You can speak it from experience. For those who don't know Jordan's story, oh, we are gonna have him on my podcast very soon. We are gonna go deep. Yeah, and for yeah. any, for Nick, Nicholas just made a good point. If any anyone who's uh interested in coaching kids and would want to possibly live on the Sunshine Coast, we're looking for junior coaches. Got you. Keep that in mind. Bang. Bang. If you want some plates to clean, there's plenty of plates at Exalto to clean. <laughs> put some skin in the game, get some work yeah, right. done, That's earn it. your Elbow stripes. Very good. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Cheers, brother. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. It's good chat. Good yarns. Good chat, boys. Absolutely. Love you guys. See you soon. You. Thanks, brother. You. Cheers, bro. I was going to go. No problem. That is it. Webinar Wednesday. Boom. There we go, guys. Hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation with Jordan Potts and Brandon from Body by Brando. Just sharing my screen right now. Hope you guys can see that. There we go. Over here. Um, so basically, Webinar Wednesday is something we do every single week. Um, every single Wednesday, we are a education company that delivers Cert 3s and 4s in fitness. If you want to be in tune with kind of what we got coming next, all you got to do is go right here, Orphic Education Webinar Wednesday. We've had a bunch of pretty damn awesome guests. That's me with my mean mug. Got to get a new photo, not looking so damn mean. Um, but here's the upcoming schedule. We had Brett Bartholomew last week, which is an amazing conversation. All of these are available on all podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook. So you can go, guys can go check them out there. We got Michael Boyle up next week. The OG legend, Mike Boyle. Oop. We have another Coaches Roundtable coming up the week after. We got Durham McInnes from uh, the, the, what is it? I'm, I'm blanking. I'm blank. Core Advantage. Core Advantage on uh, the week after. And guys from Melbourne Strength Culture, Tani Tonkin, 
and we're going to have more. You guys stay tuned and we're just going to keep delivering absolute fire in these conversations, just having open, honest conversations on everything related to health, wellness, strength and conditioning. Um, you go check out our YouTube there if you want to watch them and if you want to be notified of upcoming you know, uh, conversations, webinar Wednesdays, just head right here. For those who want to, who are interested in becoming a personal trainer and coach and it's something you're dedicated and committed to and you want to work with the best, you know where to find us. This is where we are. Orphic Education, we're not going to stop. I'll see you guys next week. I'm Alexander Emanuel.